Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. All right, I have some friends joining me on the stage. Uh, you picked a great day to be in church today. Uh, I have, I don't know, in seven years of our church, we've ever done this. I've decided to call it testimony service. I didn't know what else to call it, but I'm kind of churchy that way. And uh, I was raised, I was raised in church and uh, testimony service. We used to be a little bit different. We used to pass around a microphone and all that. You never really knew what anybody was going to say, you know. You could almost guarantee there'd be some crazy old lady on my left, you know, that would that would stand up and, or, you know, or she'd give a message in tongues and everybody's scared to death. Jesus is coming or something, you know, just, that's not going to happen today, I don't think. But anyway, but I did want you to hear from, from, uh, from some church family and um, they're going to share a little bit of their story today. You know, it's one thing for me, I spend, uh, I average more preaching than most senior pastors. I, I preach about 48 to 49 Sundays a year, which is a lot, uh, a lot, lot. And uh, you get you get tired of hearing. I get tired of hearing me. I'm being honest with you. And um, I just thought, man, what if one weekend they could tell you what God's doing in their life? So I got some friends on the stage. Would you put your hands together and welcome City Hills family? On the stage? All right. And, and we bought short stools just for me, everybody. So anyways, um, I'm going to introduce them. They're going to tell you a little bit about, you're going to hear less from me and more from them today. So uh, let me pray. That's what Kira's waiting on. Lord Jesus, help us do good. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Kira. She's doing right. It's me. It's me. I was doing wrong. This is Kent Phillips. Kent and Roberta, uh, I love so very much. Uh, this is their family. You'll see on the screen, Kent and Roberta and their Four children. They have four children, everybody, on purpose. They have four kids on. (laughs) They have four kids on purpose and um, have been a part of our church for a while. I'll let him tell you that in just a moment. Next to him is Nick Nagelli, everybody. And uh, Nick has been in our... Yeah. All right. I just heard a lady hollering anyway, so... (laughs) Nick, uh, Nick has two beautiful babies, and he'll, you'll hear from him in a moment about his story and his precious wife, and uh, you'll see, look at those babies, look at those babies. God, thank God they don't look like their daddy, you know what I mean, honestly, honestly, and then Rich and Brenda Medina on the end down there, and this is their family, you'll see behind them the good looking boys, and a sweet girl, Elle, on the dream team, serves, she's serving today, Elle's on the front row serving today, and uh, just a wonderful family. So I wanted you to hear from them. They're going to tell you a little bit about uh, their faith story. I, that's really what I want to start. I want to, I want to know, tell me uh, how you came to Jesus and then how you came to our church. We'll start, I'm going to start in the very end. Rich, start right there. <laughs> how you came to Jesus, how you came to City Hills. Is, is this the anointed mic? That's the one. Okay. Um, so I was um, invited to a church, a Pentecostal church by an uncle who was um, just sharing the gospel with me. I've been saved since I was 13, which just happens to be the same year I met Brenda. Um, we attended that church for about 40 plus years serving. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. You attended the same church 40 years? Yes, sir. I just want you to tell everybody that again. You attended the same church. Same church. Yes, same church. For 40 years. Um, we've been living in Bernie for about 10 years, and I've been working on Brenda. I said, hey, we, we should find a local church, build community in this church, serve with that local church, build family, you know, um, do family with the church. And so um, 
she was rooted in that church and she didn't want to go, but my daughter was invited by Sophie Mendenhall to a youth group. And so my daughter started attending and Brenda said, hey, let's figure out what these people are teaching our, 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 our daughter. So, um, um, so I had heard that the pastor of City Hills was a good looking and funny guy and I've confirmed at least one of those things. I'm kidding. Thank you, Rich. <laughs> I, I, I'm kidding. I, I haven't confirmed either one yet, but I, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. And uh, we've been here for a year and, and, and really loved it. So great. Brenda, tell me yours. Um, so um, I was six years old when I got saved. Um, my dad, my mother passed away when I was three years old, um, and my dad raised me and my three sisters, um, never remarried. Um, and my sisters and I wanted to go to church. We wanted to, um, there was, since I was a little girl, I've always been aware of a, of a presence, but I just never knew what it was or who it was um, until my sister, we were, she was searching for a church. Uh, I think she was like, I was six, she was eight. And my dad let us look for a church. And so we went to Jehovah's Witness Church. We went to Mormons. We went to Baptist Church. And then a friend that lived down the street invited my oldest sister to a VBS. And um, she, the next day, she wanted me to go with her because she'd get a key to a treasure chest if you brought a friend. So I was the friend that she brought so that she could get a key. Um, and th the last night, I remember, um, we got to hear the gospel. We got to hear about Jesus. And I remember saying to myself, praying, um, is that you? Are you Jesus to this presence that I've felt my entire life? And he said, yes. And the minute he said yes, I ran up to the altar and I gave my heart to Jesus. And I have been serving him ever since. My sisters and I wanted to go to church, but my dad worked out of town a lot. And thankfully, the church had a bus ministry. And so the bus ministry took us. Um, they picked us up every Sunday and took us to church until I got my driver's license. Um, we came here, as Rich said, because of Sophie. Uh, she invited us to at the movies. And um, I was... Kind of like, okay, they're going to show a movie in church. That's kind of weird. I don't know what to think about this church. And we came that one time, and it was, it was better than I had expected. Um, and anyway, here we are. So good. We got to move on. I just want you to hear two things. Uh, a student invited another student, and lives are changed. One invitation can change everything. You think it's just an invite card. You think it's just a, hey, join me here, but one invitation could change a life. The second thing is somebody drove that bus from six years until 16 years old so that you can be in God's house, you and your sister. What an amazing, amazing testimony. I want to come back to 40 years in the same church and what made this different, but I got to keep going. Nick, tell us a little bit sure. how you came to Jesus, how you came here. Okay, so <clears throat> I was not saved at a young age. I... Didn't really know. I know of God and I know of Jesus, but I was just living the worldly life. So I was partying a lot and going out and having a good time. And about the age of 28, 29, I was just very unfulfilled. I spent the night kind of crying myself to sleep and saying, is this it? God, like, I know God exists, but I don't know what to do. And I just don't, I don't like where I'm at. And I know that you have more for me. So what is it? And ironically enough, I met my wife on Tinder the next day. So, is this... of, of, all, 
Of all the Christian places to go, <laughs> it's, it is Tinder. Of all the Christian so, mingles in the world, yeah, this is your testimony. Yeah, yeah, Tinder. Yeah. Well, I wasn't Christian, so she yeah. wouldn't have found me on that one. Um, but her tagline, so you don't get much. You get the photos and get a tagline. Her, fa- her tagline said, I love Jesus. Just, I love Jesus. And I thought, okay, God, well, I asked, uh, so we'll see. Uh, two months ago, I would have said, absolutely not, not a chance. Uh, we went on a date. It was phenomenal. I was really impressed. She brought up church immediately um, and just said, hey, if you're not interested, then I'm not interested in you. And I said, uh, sure, uh, yeah. That's a good idea, by uh, the way. Uh, it, it, was, it was nice because it was right up front, and there were no questions ever. Um, and she said, you know, you'll, if this is going to be a long-term thing, then this is going to be something that you have to have in your life because it's permanently in my life. She was a radical Christian and just amazing. And so I went to church. I was blown away. I'd never seen the model of this, of a Holy Spirit-filled church, of a church that cares, of a church that's not just on Sunday. It was, you know, men greeting you, men talking to you, men caring about what you're doing, checking up with you during the week. Um, There were service activities. There was just so much more. And then I found out that you could have a relationship with God. You could actually talk to him. He could talk to you. There was so much more to this than just coming on Sunday. Um, So I gave my life to Jesus, I think, three or four months in on one of the church services. I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't really know what it was because nobody really explained to me what an altar call was, and I just had my hands up, and they're like, come on forward. And I was like, you're in now. Uh, you sure about that? And so um, it was great. Luckily, I um, had my wife to kind of support me, and uh, she wasn't my wife at the time. She was just my girlfriend, but she took it really slow with me, which was really nice. Um, so I always have a different perspective seeing all that I've seen and then coming into God and knowing what God has for me. And we moved to Texas uh, about two years ago and found City Hills through uh, Dara and Jameson Coy. They just invited us in, and um, we've been coming ever since, about a year and a half now. So good. So good. You're going to hear a little bit more about his wife in a moment, but um, the message is this. Uh, it, you got to do it together, everybody. Faith is a faith is a family sport. Can I get a good amen, everybody? Matters who you marry. All the single people, listen to this. It matters who you marry. It matters who you marry. So so good. All right, Kent. All right. I wanted to ask if I could have that keyboard right <laughs> yeah. here. I, I feel so much more comfortable when that keyboard's in yeah, front of me. Uh, this is new. Um, as far as my testimony goes, you know, I was, I was blessed to be raised in a home that had parents that prioritized and understood the value of being in a godly community. And they had parents that also had that same, that same mindset. And so um, from, from, since I can remember, uh, my parents brought me to church. And I can distinctly remember um, praying the prayer of salvation in children's church. I can remember the children's church leader. I can remember her name right now when I was four years old. And you may think, four years old, can you really remember that? Yeah, I have a weird memory. Don't, you know, I don't know what it is, but it's there. And here's the thing. As a child at four years old, God was faithful, and he honored that prayer that was prayed with a childlike faith. And that's something I'll talk about a little bit more, but um, God was faithful to me, and he blessed me um, by, you know, allowing me to be raised in a home um, with parents that brought us to church. And so... Um, that's kind of been my, my, my life story, my testimony. But um, as far as coming to church here, well, I will say I, I also met my wife in church. Um, and 
you know, we were both raised in church and in children's church ministry, not different from what's here at City Hills. And so my wife serves on that team now uh, because we understand the importance of raising our kids and educating our kids and exposing our kids to uh, the word and the truth. And so I, I highly encourage that. But as far as our journey here to City Hills, um, Roberta was at a play date and she came across uh, a woman there, Taylor Boyd. And they got to talking and, you know, hey, what are you doing here? Well, when did you come to Bernie? And Taylor said, well, we're, we're here, uh, you know, start, helping start a church. And you should come check it out. Uh, we're, we're meeting at the Bernie Library later, later this week. And so Roberta came home later that day and uh, she's like, hey, you know, I got this, uh, you know, met this friend and they're uh, looking to start a church here in Bernie. And I was like, yeah, let's go check it out. And, uh, you know, Roberta and I, we've experienced tight-knit community before. We come from tight-knit families, and we were looking for that. We were desiring community, and we hadn't found it yet since moving here to the Hill Country. And that's what we find here at, at City Hills was that community um, of believers um, that provides support and encouragement. So good. Ken, Ken and Roberta uh, were at our very first, that Bernie Library meeting was our very first interest meeting. We're building a launch team to even start the church. It was about nine months before we started the church, and you guys walked in and stuck around the whole time. And um, Rich, he thinks I'm funny. He's been here the whole time. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> hey, let me ask the whole group, uh, uh, not to any one person. T- tell me about a life-changing moment here. You know, um, wh- one of the things I'm really aware of is our style of ministry is maybe different. And, and uh, since starting our church seven years ago, I, I realized that even in the Hill Country, who, who we are is a different. We're a spirit-filled, life-giving church. and uh, People often ask me, what do those two things mean? Well, the first one means we believe the Holy Spirit's for everybody and active in the world today, and you can encounter Him in your life. And a life-giving church is harder to explain. It's just harder to know when you're... It's easy to know when you're not in one. You know what I mean? And, and when you feel like, man, this just doesn't... You know, but a life-giving church just... It, it, it lifts you, and, and we only do four things. We do great weekend services, and we do great community and small groups, and uh, we help people find purpose, uh, like tonight at Welcome Home. So many people will be there uh, discovering the gifts that God put inside of you, and then we put people on mission doing what God's called you to do, and we call that the dream team. So uh, anybody, I, Rich, I, tell me about here, what, one of those things that... Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to share. So I, um, last April... I've been at my company for 20, 25 years at the time, and I was told in April I was going to lose my job by the end of the year. And you can imagine how that felt if some of y'all have been in that situation, right? Just desperation, fear, anxiety just overtook me. And we were still new to the church, and we had the 21 days of prayer was starting, and I said, we got to be there. And the first day of 21 days of prayer, I just broke down. I was in the back. I was bawling. I was just desperate for God. I'm like, you've got to do something. And I was just crying out to God. And... Um, during that time of prayer, um, God said, why are, you, why, why are you worried? Like, haven't I, not pro- haven't I not provided for you your entire life? Like, what is different about this time? And I just realized that I had not trusted in him to get me through this next situation, this next issue. And I just, at that point, just surrendered to God. And he, um, he told me, you know, I missed this. You know, I, I'd spent so many years just playing church, going through the motions, not being a lone ranger and, and not really having that relationship with God. And he said, I missed this, commu- this intimacy, this talk, this relation. We, we're, that hasn't been in my life. And I just decided at that point, I'm not going gonna, gonna, gonna to continue with this relationship with Christ. And, um, 
you know, I, I had... Y'all need a Brett Vesey in our lives. Brett Vesey was there for me during that time. He prayed with me. He encouraged me. He texted me daily. It was just, I needed that. If you don't have somebody in your life that you can just, just depend on and count on, you need to find that person. It just makes life so much easier. And I love you, Brett. Thank you. Um, I want to say that just a few days after 21 days of prayer started, my, the, the executive in my area walked over to my desk and he said, how are you feeling? And I said, I feel fine. I, I, I'm, I, I just, at that time, I had already trusted that God was going to deliver me from that, this, this job layoff. And he said, I don't want you to worry about a thing. I'm going to take care of you. You're not going to lose your job. And I was just like, wow, amazing, amazing. Um, so 21 days of prayer in August, we were still visiting the church we hadn't, um, Rich hadn't, it was after 21 days of prayer that he told me to trust him, that he wanted to make the, new, the move. I'm going to cry, sorry. Um, 21 days of prayer, if we had not come, I don't think I would have told my husband that I was going to leave my church. Um, I grew up in that church, that I was rooted there, I was planted there. Um, every, you know, I, I got married there, I, got, I had my children there, it, you know, it, that was my life. Um, had it not been for 21 days of prayer... And the work that God did in my life at that time, we wouldn't be here right now because I'm stubborn. You can ask. You can, I mean, I'm mean, I'm just like, nope, we're not going, um, which is why it took 10 years for us to find a church um, in Bernie. Um, but we did 21 days of prayer in August, and then we did it again in January after we had already become members. And then I was kind of disappointed this August when Pastor Mitch said he wasn't going to do the 21 days of prayer. Instead, we were going to do the revival nights. But I did the 21 days of prayer myself. I logged on and, and you know, we did, I, you know, daily I logged on and I did all the things. Um, I don't remember which week it was, but we did have the prayer nights on Sundays that, um, you know, in preparation for, um, for revival nights. And Pastor Mitch said, um, if anybody needs healing, come up. And he, I came up and I asked um, for prayer for some nerve pain that I have been having since 2018. And, um, and, I, and God healed me of that pain that night. Um, anywho, um, 21 days of prayers, what brought us here. And it, it was just life-changing. It was amazing. It was a reconnection um, that, I hadn't, that I didn't know I needed with God. So great. <clears throat> Maybe we should do it this August. Now you got me thinking. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a revival in 21 days. But Oh, I hear y'all. Y'all better be here. Don't make me come by myself. This January, all of y'all hollering? January, no, sincerely, January the 8th, we kick off 21 days of prayer and fasting. Let's fill the house up. Jesus did not say my house would be called a house of worship. It did not say a house of serving. He did not say his house would be called a house of connection, a house of eating together. All of those are biblical things. Jesus said, my house, if you're going to build the house of God, it's going to be a house of prayer for all nations, everybody. It's going to be a house of prayer. And I love that. I, love, I didn't know that 21-day story. Rich, I didn't know that story. I knew you. I love that. 40 years at the same church. So at the movies is okay now? You're okay with that? <laughs> <laughs> 
right. Anybody else? Something happened here? Can tell me, you were in a small group of ours. Um, early on, Brandy and I uh, led, we've led small groups for seven years. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we run groups in semesters. So one in the spring and, the, and then a short one in the summer and then one again in the winter. Uh, we actually just are on the tail end of, of this semester. and We'll take a break for the holidays and then we'll pick back up um, in the in February, end of January, February, whenever that is. Um, but you guys are in a parenting small group of ours. Tell me about that. Tell me about how God used all of that. Yeah, so when we first started here at City Hills, we had two kids. So we were halfway there. People come here and, and get uh, happy and have babies, y'all. That's all I'm telling y'all. Um, and so, you know, along the way, we picked up two more. Um, so we're, we're sitting at four now, and we are done. <laughs> so we are out of the childbearing years, and we're in the child-rearing years. And so, um, you know, this parenting on purpose was really something foundational and I would say revolutionary for us as a family, um, equipping us with the tools, the principles, um, the guidelines, the strategies for tackling this thing called parenting. And it is, you know, there's parents in here, you know, that parenting is challenging. And so, um, you know, not only that, but now we're surrounded by a community of people that are doing the same thing. They're going through the same stuff. They're having the same struggles. And as we're in those, those, that, that small group and we're listening, you know, to these things and we're able to come together and approach this, um, really from a, a unified front here and have the Lord at our back. But, you know, I want to share just a quick little anecdote. Um, and I'm going to reference some notes here because I want to share this story. And I feel like this is a way that God met us in the midst of this journey of parenting. And um, anyway, so I'm going to share this real quick. Um, you know, if you know us, you know you're, we're in the throes of the, the child-rearing years right now. And the, the years are short, but the days are long. Um, I work full-time. Roberta has the way more difficult job of managing, nurturing, and overseeing our everyday home life. And there was one morning in particular that had been extra difficult. Nobody was getting along. House needed attention. Everyone and everything needed attention. And um, I come downstairs on a break from work um, to find Roberta in tears. And, uh, you know, she was in fight or flight mode at that time. So I was like, hey, let's, we jumped out to the patio real quick and just for a quick reset moment. And uh, we're sitting there talking and she's just expressing to me her frustration. She's venting, you know, just feeling hopeless in the moment, just feeling inadequate in that moment. And, you know, as a husband, I'm sitting there racking my brain, gears are turning, trying to figure out how do I fix this? What do I do? I have all these tools at my disposal you know, okay, what do we, what do we study in that parenting class? And in that brief moment of pause, our four-year-old daughter had been playing on the patio quietly without us even noticing. And as we were paused there, she said, dad, I think you need to tell mom that God loves her. And there was an instant shift in the moment Yes, we had all these tools and strategies and know-how of what to do. But God needed to remind us in that moment that before he required anything of us, he laid his love on us. Yeah, 
And it was just that statement of fact that calmed our hearts. And, you know, that, that wasn't the first hard day, and it wasn't the last hard day. But now we have this moment to look back on when God didn't come to us with, hey, here's what you have to do in order to get through this mess. Hey, here's what you have to do in order to get me to work on your behalf. It was, I have loved you, and I love you. And so, you know, put together, now we're, we have this new, you, know, you, you have this new something to draw from. And with the combination of, you know, now we're, we've led the parenting on purpose class. And, you know, we're looking forward to um, doing that again and empowering people and, and sharing, you know, this, what we've learned and how God's met us along this journey. So good. So, so good. So church family is unique. It's like every family. Um, it has crazy uncles. I almost called ours out in here, but anyway, <laughs> Brett Vesey. But there are, there are, I'm kidding, there's crazy cousins and people you think, how in the world they get in the family? You know what I mean? I must be adopted. And spiritual family is the same way. And I always tell people um, about our church, one of the unique things about us is we are a planted and flourishing house, which means I think you ought to, you ought to find the right church for you. You know, it's not church hopping to find the right church for you. But when you find it, you ought to go all in there. And you ought to put all the chips in on the table and get planted 40, 40 years in the same house. Um, the, the book says, planted in the house of the Lord, you flourish in the courts of our God. That if your life isn't flourishing, it could be a planting problem, not, not anything else. And so uh, one of the things I love about the people on this stage is they were planted, they are planted in the house and everything that we do in their lives are flourishing. But Spiritual family, I'm setting you up to say spiritual family doesn't matter until it matters. Right? It's easy to say, well, I kind of go over there because I like their kids and I like worship over there and they don't do at the movies, so I go to that one during November and then I like this one over here and I like the women's Bible study there and I like the kids' ministry over there and I like the... And we kind of a la carte spiritual family. And that's not biblical. And it's also not biblical that spiritual families online. Now, I know we have an online family that's watching this message right now, but let me just tell you, all those preachers you love to hear online, and by the way, I do the same thing, but those people aren't showing up to, to your funeral. Those people aren't showing up when your kid's in the hospital. There's going to be a, a small group somewhere that shows up, a spiritual family that shows up. There's going to be a Brett Vesey that texts you when you're going through the hardest seasons of your life. So I want to ask, and Nick, I want to ask you this. You walk through a tough season. You're still walking through a tough season. This, without knowing... The entirety of your story, I have to imagine this is the hardest year you've ever lived. So I want you to tell a little bit of that, and I want you to talk about spiritual family um, and what it's meant to you through this season. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't think I'd be the last to cry on stage, so I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought for sure I'd be given like a waterproof microphone. Um, <clears throat> so uh, earlier this year in April... Uh, we welcomed our second baby, Juliet Joy, and uh, it was a real gift from the Lord. There was no doubt about that at any time. We struggled with fertility on our first child for three years, and we rooted in Jesus, and Sheena got a beautiful dream uh, about two and a half years in that was like, we were going to have a baby, and it was going to be a girl, and it was going to be in April, 
And so we prayed over that, and I was like, that is wickedly specific. Like, I don't know about that. And we ended up having uh, Leo in August, um, and so we said, hey, some things are a little fuzzy when it comes to dreams, but that's prayer answered, right? And so we moved out here. Um, we felt like our, our family could grow a bit. Leo could need a, uh, a, someone, a buddy. And so we ended up having Juliet Joy in April of this year, and it was a real um, commitment to God's promise to her on that, which was really beautiful. Um, unfortunately, five days later, she was struggling with um, a fever, basically, that kind of got out of hand, and uh, we checked her into a hospital. Um, they, dis- they let her go, and then 24 hours later, she unfortunately passed away from, a, uh, from an infection. Um, you have the picture of that. I think our, our team has a picture of Sheena. I want to show everybody if you don't know. There's Sheena. That's, that's my baby. So it's been, it's been six and a half months, and it's been a horrible. I wouldn't wish. I wouldn't wish what I'm going through on anyone. But I can tell you one thing for certain is that Jesus loves you. He loves you so much. And that was her message, and that'll be my message until I die. Um, I was broken right off the bat. I had a six-day-old six baby. She was a pediatric chiropractor and a lactation consultant and a specialist in anything babies. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to bottle feed, didn't need to, none of it. And so obviously my world just came crashing down. I just lost the foundation. Um, we always rooted our family in Jesus, spouse, children. And so I lost that second rung immediately. And I uh, was just so confused. What I did know is that <clears throat> from her example and from her modeling, from my church's modeling, I needed to lean on Jesus. And I did from moment one. I just called out and knew that I could trust in him. Um, I knew that the details of what was going on was very confusing and that I'm going to have some choice words at the altar, at the Holy, Go- at the Holy uh, Gates, and we'll probably wrestle over it a bit and I'll try to throw punches and all the whole thing. Um, but I also don't, I feel very round, uh, grounded in David and Job in that we can go to God in all things. Don't, don't think that because it's hard or you're struggling, that's not something God wants you to do. So I ran to him in my pain. I ran to him in my anger. I ran into him in my sadness. I ran to him in everything. And I called upon the church. So five days later, I was at our Sunday church service because I didn't know what else to do. And so <clears throat> what I can tell you is that when you have someone going through major trauma and major grief, you need to surround them. You need to be there for them. When you ask a question, hey, what can I do for you? The answer is, don't ask them that question. Just be there for them. Say, hey, what are you doing on Tuesday? What are you doing on Wednesday? What are you doing on Thursday? Oh, you can't meet any of those days. How's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? How's the next year going? Uh, just be with them and pray over them. Um, the power of prayer is, is just remarkable. Um, I was very fortunate that uh, Darren Jameson, Coy are such amazing friends, and they have led the way 
in meal trains, breast milk, clothes, uh, help with nannies, just literally everything you could possibly imagine. This couple hit it out of the park, and I just can't thank them enough. I'm just so indebted for them. Um, and in the season, I realized that you not only can't walk alone, you need God, but you also need other Christians. You need other Christians. So don't think that your problem is okay because you and God talk about it a lot. Please bring it up. If you're a man, bring it up with other men. If you're a woman, bring it up with other women. Have that community. The spiritual community is so vastly important that I don't think that I would be here without it. I don't think that there's any chance that I would be okay or even at this point at six and a half months without my spiritual community. Um, I even asked my counselor, I was like, what? how do people do this without Jesus? And he said, they don't really, they turn to other things and then they lose their life. And so I'm just proud that I could be here. Um, I'm very excited about it. At uh, the revival nights, which was in, in lieu of the 21 days, um, which, which, which I appreciated. Uh, I, couldn't do, I couldn't do 21 days of prayer and I was clearly fasting at that time because I couldn't eat uh, anything. Um, but I went to it, and it was right on the four-month mark, and I got prayer, and someone said, hey, the 25th is the day that she died, which is, it makes everything complicated. It makes Christmas horrible. It makes the holidays horrible. Um, it's just tough. I got prayer, and someone said, you know what? God's redeeming that day. That day's redempt. It's for you. It's for you to give back. It's for you to tell her story. It's for her to have revival in that. And I just thought that was so powerful that someone would look at the situation and be like, you're really broken, and we're going to... We're going to lift that up, and we're going to give it to God, and God's going to do a lot with it. Um, and I prayed over that moment that, that the story that we have that then creates an eternal legacy. So my wife passed. And we celebrated her legacy. But the moment people hear and they say, wow, I want God in my life. I'm going to accept God into my life. Then all of a sudden my wife has eternal presence. Which is so wonderful. I can't imagine something more honoring than someone getting up to, to heaven and being like, you're Sheena. You're why I'm here. And I just love that. And all of that to say, that was through a community. So lean on your community. Don't think that your problems are yours alone. Discuss them. Dive deep. Dive into the storm. That's the storm that we're talking about. Thank you. So good. So good, Nick. I just want to tell you, I'm so proud of you. You were five days later. He was right here. He was right here, hands raised. I just looked over Ernest Lozano, waved at everybody, Ernest. This Thursday, we're going to bury Ernest's wife. Five days afterwards, he was right there, hands raised. I can't promise you that spiritual family will, get, will deliver you from pain, but it'll get you through pain. It'll get you through the, the darkest seasons of your life.
It'll get you through the darkest seasons of your life. I love that about this church, and I love that your parents are here. I love that. What a show of strength, and um, your babies are in kids' ministry today, and still look like their mama, thank God. Thank God. Let me do this in our closing moments. Um, If there's somebody in church today that's thinking, man, I don't know if this is for me. You know, I've been coming here for a while, or I, I don't know. I'm sure we're trying out churches. I, you know, I don't know if this is the right season. This is the right, you know, I don't, I don't know about small groups. I don't know about serving. They talk about serving all the time here. I don't know about kids and gifts for kids and dream teams. And I don't know. I don't even know if tonight's for me, you know, if I'm supposed to go all in on spiritual family. If you could say one thing to somebody, uh, Rich, Brenda, if you could say one thing to somebody who's on the outside looking in, how would you encourage them today to be on the inside? There's, there's no time like the present. And the, I, the people of this church are so genuine. I, I say that over and over again. I just love, love, love the men and women of this church. There's just something special. You can feel the, 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 the God's love through Mike and Donna, who were some of the first people that I met when I walked in through those doors, and Jeff Poy. It's just, don't wait. Don't wait. Do it just like Pastor says. Just go in 100%. Just engage. You're going to benefit. I promise you, your life's not going to be the same. One thing I love about the people here is that they're real. Um, they don't pretend to be perfect. Um, we've done, I've, we've, I've been in, in a small groups with a lot of people here. Well, not a lot, but some people here. And they share their real life. They share their struggles. Um, you know, some of them say curse words. And, and I, I mean, they're... They're, it, they're real people. They're real. They're not. It's because of 21 days. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> they started cussing in August again. Yes. They'll fast they that in January. Need, yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying they're real. You know, if they get upset, they're, they're not going to put on an act. They're real people. And we need real people. And this church is full of real people. Um, people who, who know they're sinners and who know they need God. And that's what I love about this place and if you're you know you need to be here if you're here you need to be here um, real quick hopefully uh, if you're thinking about it just do it this could be one of the greatest days of your life and you just don't know it the other thing is if you're questioning or you have doubts or if there's something there and you feel it or if you did say yes come talk to me let me pray for you I'm happy to there's a handful of other people that will. We will help you. We will encourage you. We will guide you. Hang on, Kent. Come join me right here. So if you're in church today and you've never given your heart to Jesus, I'm not asking you to join the church today. I'm asking you to, you need a spiritual family. The Bible says that through the spirit of adoption, God has brought us into his family. As a matter of fact, the Bible says it like this in Proverbs. He sets the lonely in families. I love that about the God of the Bible. That he won't let you be alone. and won't let you walk through the darkest seasons of your life alone. He'll rescue you as a six-year-old little girl. Single dad, bus ministry. The hardest days of your life when it looks like, I don't know what we're going to do next. He'll put you in families. And so I'm not asking you to join us. I'm just asking you to join Jesus today. And I'd, I'd love to ask you over the next four weeks, 
Everybody on the stage was an invitation. A lot of them were at the movies. I didn't even set that up, but I'm glad I did. Anyway, there's somebody in your world that needs the hope that you found. So this is the perfect season from now to the end of the year, from now through Christmas, that you just say, God, who is it? Who is it? What, what neighbor, coworker, friend, family member? Who, who is it that... Who's the next six-year-old little girl... that can ride with me. Because people need Jesus, everybody. If you're here today and you need Jesus, Ken's going to lead you in a prayer of surrender. So if you'll bow your heads and close your eyes, maybe open your hands before the Lord. If this is for you, it's for two groups of people, people who you're far from God and you know it. You've never surrendered your heart to Jesus. This prayer is for you. And there's another group here that you're just cold. You're on the outside looking in. Maybe you're looking for a church family. Maybe you're looking for a spiritual home. Maybe you're looking for somebody like Nick to lay hands on you and just pray for you today. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to Christ. If you're one of those two people, this prayer is for you. We're going to pray it together. God, please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we recognize today your love for us. God, we recognize our need for you. And Lord, today in this moment, we ask you to become the Lord of our lives. We give you our mess. We give you our troubles. We give you our anxieties. And we give you our fears. God, we pledge our lives to you. And we ask you, Lord, to come and be the Lord of our life. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to give everybody who prayed that prayer today a hand clap. Hey, why don't you stand up and give our this church member, why don't you give them a big hand? Would you do that for sharing their story? Come on, do better than that. Give them a big hand. Raise your hand and receive this final benediction. Father, I pray for the hurting, the hopeless, the disconnected. God, I pray for people who are walking through dark seasons. Six and a half months ago, Nick, his precious children, begun what was the darkest season of their life. And today I see sunlight shining, days breaking. Receive this word of prophecy over your life that the sun is rising again. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. The sun is coming back up. The page is turning in your life. Hope is rising. Faith is on the move. Now may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May it make His face to shine on you turn his countenance towards you, be gracious to you, and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God a praise today. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. 
You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.